Welcome to Triskelion, What Has Gone Before. The Triskelion refers to three humanoid star-faring species from Goldilocks planets, the reptilian Rakal, the lupine Wolven, and the ape-like humans. Gold is the key to jump space exploration, needed to circumvent the speed of light barrier. The Wolven House Limitless Night Sky is a spacer mercantile house. They acquired an unknown star map artifact that mysteriously poisoned the minds of the crew. See Triskelion Episode 6 for details. The few survivors hired a navigator popularly known as Triptych, the Triple Jumping Wolven. As one of the foremost jump pilots, Trip recognizes the danger of this star map artifact and is seeking aid before it poisons the surviving crew of the Limitless Night Sky, whom he has just recently decided to join. See Triskelion Episode 7. Triskelion Episode 9, Family. I am a loyal Wolven, newly sworn to House Limitless Night Sky. I am a jump space navigator. I am not in the gutter anymore. In my head live residual personalities of my old crew who had died in jump space. I will stop that from happening again. That's why I stole the star chart from my new young Wolven captain. The star chart was made for humans, not Wolven. As a navigator, it was plain to see that it was meant for a human mind, and its raw, beating presence in the starship was enough to warp my new family. They weren't jump navigators. They could not understand how jump space and jump maps twisted your mind. I believe a family isn't marriage and birth. Family has to be a bond. I knew some humans respected that. I must find my human to handle this rogue star map. I was already haunted and had no room in my headspace for more ghosts. This new station was so busy, so bright and bustling, I could almost forget the cursed star map I carried. Vega Rim Space Station was so different than planet Atmos's lonely space needle. Stars twinkled so brightly that Vegans and visitors wore sunglasses and holovisors. Humans, woven, recall, mingled beside the pedrails in neon shops and clanging casinos. You could spot a roly-poly Silurian or slinking Tash among the crowds. Vega Rim Station was not just a port city. Vega Rim was an open hub. Protocols were not so heavy, bureaucrats and paperwork not so pervasive. Vegan bureaucracy was a freewheeling mix of woven and humans, which meant by design there would be no obstacles to trade. Perfect for a rendezvous with my old human acquaintance. Motorized pedrails softly purred under iridescent domes that dazzled the eye if you looked spaceward, but my head was bent downward by what I carried. Such a small thing to make the gutter loom so large in my mind again. I thought I had escaped my past. Merchant bands serenaded the ears on any number of frequencies across the Vega Rim colony mindscape. Tune your mind to the right district and perfume came wafting into your olfactory sense and up to your testosterone, if you get my drift. Another channel and it was foods from your home province. This was all too personal for me. It tempted me to throw this thing away and just get lost here. But that would be my end. Captain would throw me off the ship. I wasn't going to go back to that life. I tuned it out. My head was crowded enough without the colony Netscape. I had to unlock this star map. 
Whether it was the wealth of trade or open flow of ideas, Vega Rim Colony was one of the most beautiful and advanced exoplanet spaces in the Triskelion. I felt out of place here in the middle of all these merchants. I wanted to gaze at the thousand stars above the dome. I wanted to be out there, off the port star. My new captain's haranguing, among other things, drained the color out of the starscape and brought me back to our crisis, the star map. Captain Kroon Ka growled at me. Navigator Triptych, come in. Bring it back. It is my father's, not yours. You don't own this. I was surprised. He wasn't accusing me. Captain Ka had sympathy in his voice. He continued, Bring it back. We can still work this out. You know the sellers have to die. Young Captain Kroonka, who had never captained men before, said it so directly, so succinctly, have to die. He was compassionate, caring. Then murder casually breezed into his thoughts so remorselessly. This wasn't the captain who told me he wanted to explore. This was a cold worm of hate and vengeance that writhed at the bottom of his gut. So cold it anesthetized his conscience. His sympathetic voice echoed inside my brain pan to mix with all the jump ghosts who had taken up residence in my spirit years ago. Miktal, who had died under a hail of plasma fire. My old Captain Greytuft, who, after he had ordered me to the third jump, had hit an eddy in an unauthorized space mid-jump. I could never forget his eyeball as it drifted past my navigator's helm. They had been the family of my youth. Their deaths in jump space had left me with their ghosts in my head. As I said, I had no more room for more ghosts, so I turned my comm off, evicting Captain Kronkaw of House Limitless Night Sky out of my headspace. Captain Ka was not irredeemable. If this chart could just be unlocked, his hate could follow it instead of some nameless poor rube who had no idea what had been lurking in his stock. In my pocket, my claws tapped the bauble, a star chart, an artifact that hinted at coordinates beyond our known space. I didn't believe in magic, but I did know there was science well beyond my comprehension. I navigated the weirdling space that breathed in the jumps between stars, as only a few pilots could. I had seen reality twist and play mumbly peg with my senses as my ship hurtled to new star systems. My new crew had revenge invested in this cursed map. It had invaded their last captain's mindscape, Captain Ka's father, made for human minds and a technology beyond any map I had experienced of or had heard of. A recall, a physic perhaps, loomed in the doorway to the right. I swear he was staring at me like I was the only person on this crowded strip. I may be the best jump pilot in the Triskelion, but that wasn't much use if things turned violent. Huh. <laughs> I ran my hand over the matted fur across my muzzle. I couldn't help but give him a nervous stare. Above him, in midair, the 3D letters in maroon flashed sequentially, the Hurricane Nightclub, followed by holos of partiers having too much orgasmic fun from just swilling booze. No worries, he's just a watchful bouncer. This was the Vega Rim Strip. Is this thing making me paranoid? I wanted to meet somewhere private. I had no idea what scientific instruments could detect this thing in my pocket, but it was probably worth as much as every pleasure palace on the Vega Rim Strip combined if it held the pathway 
to an uncharted Goldilocks planet. This bauble was key to a human bioprint, and a human jumper would need to initiate it. I had met a human on my last port of Atmos. We had shared a few drinks, and a slight bond had formed. He had a ghost in his head, too, and that had brought us together. More importantly, he was almost as good a jump brain as I, and human. This bauble should work for him. He should be able to handle it. I hope. Are those other doormen looking at me? The jump ghost of McTall spoke up in my head. Trip, I think we're being tailed. Two, recall. Sometimes, the jump ghost in my head would pick up things in my vision that I would miss. McTall continued, One big un, they're only about fifteen feet behind us, weaving through the gamblers and shoppers. One's got the baggy recall sarong. Could have small arms contraband tucked in the folds. Carrying firearms was a serious felony on a space station, and a moneyed tourist zone on Vega Rim would be sure to prosecute. I spared a glance backward and was greeted with a couple of recall lizard grins, which is to say not a grin at all, more like a vulture looking at his dinner. I fought the urge to break out into a run. They knew. Somehow they could detect it. Damn it, of course they could. This thing held the key to a planet. Thank God the jump ghost of Cap Greytuff barked in my headspace something useful. Pup, they don't look to be the type that care about the niceties of the law. You should turn and fight while we're in this public place. A few cracks across your muzzle, and it'll be broken up right quick here as nothing more than a shore-leave brawl. Don't let them get you in an alley. I considered turning and throwing a punch. That first bouncer was now behind me as I had moved down the strip. We locked eyes. He wasn't scanning the crowd or others in front of the shops. That bastard, he knew these recall were about to take me down, and he was watching the show. Still, beat cops and private cops kept the peace here. Too much trader money and loose pockets here to risk driving off the clientele with violence in the streets. The big one rapidly catching up to me was most likely a physique cast recall. Basically, your hired muscle tipping in at a lean 600 pounds of olive scales and serpent speed punches. My flabby navigator skinny woven frame had been conditioned to flabby perfection, with hours upon hours in the nav chair. There was no thought of me winning a fracas. I'd end up a woven rug in front of a fireplace hologram. One punch from that guy, and that could well be as good as plasma fire to my head. I'd be lucky to be eating pudding for the rest of my life. I wondered where my human contact was. Sam was good with his fists, or so he bragged. Besides, as a United States Space Force pilot on station... It would be military police that got involved if those recall tried something. Ghost McTall whispered in my head, Uh-oh! I only needed that one uh-oh to start panicking. I can't believe this. I'm about to get my head staved in. Maybe I should just start shouting for help. In my head, I barked at Ghost McTall. Uh-oh! What uh-oh? Seven hells. Can this get worse? Oh, yeah. I forgot. I'm carrying a cursed treasure map in my pocket. I should have expected everything to go downhill once I took the damn thing. What, McTall? I don't know why I spoke out loud to the voices in my head. Helped me keep from breaking into a full-on panic. Didn't much care if passerbys thought I was crazy at this point. That guy was about six strides away from me, and I was moving just short of a run. In my headspace, it was the ghost of Captain Greytuff who replied, Look at the casino fronts. The three bouncers in front of Sirens Cove Casino all just turned around and faced inside the hotel. Unless they were all urinating on the hotels that printed their paychecks, they are sending a very clear message of nothing to see here, officer. I knew my time had run out. My shoulder cracked with a nova flare of pain. Felt like the pull of the mummy straps of my bag chair from an aborted try into jump space. 
People around me scattered. Wolven, Recall, and humans who could see the attack ran off the strip. Some took refuge in front of a metal diorama of the Battle of Garand de Baal, mostly behind the steel mushroom cloud, the centerpiece of the casino's steel diorama. Others simply ducked into the Hurricane Casino's front doors. The big recall, Physic, had pasted me with a metal ball the same size as the cursed bauble. I guess if a pickpocket switcheroo wasn't in the cards, then break my ribs with the dingus. It hurt so much I almost fell. The jumbo recall had an arm like a railgun. Panic made it hard to breathe. They were going to be on me in a second. A human was running toward me from ahead of me on the strip. Scattering people had made a clear path. An MP. No, up ahead Sam. And praise be he was in his military uniform. I'm not too proud to get my shaggy wolven tail hiding behind the military police. Sam, I called out, wasting no time. I reached for a lifeline like a spacewalker who had slipped. He immediately sized up the situation and was sprinting towards me. Another large metal ball whizzed by my ear and straight toward Sam. I didn't think humans could be so fast. The metal replica sped toward his head. One moment he was in the path and the next eye blink he was one step to the left. My heart sank. Whoever they were, they had no problem crossing military police. Not only that, they were connected to pay off the bouncers. And they had the intelligence to know I was meeting here with something crazy valuable. Which means they had a way to track this crazy artifact. Stop analyzing. I've got to stop analyzing and fight. Captain Greytuff barked orders. Get to fighting! Turn around! I turned, justifying the more sinewy recall bearing down on me. McTowell piped up. Just surrender the map! They know what it is! I wish I could. God, I wish I could. Only working through the map would appease my captain, would keep me from the gutter. Surrender wasn't an option. I'd rather die. And I scared myself because as I thought that, I knew in my gut it was true. I'd rather die than die alone, homeless, passed out in the gutter. A narrow lizard face was suddenly in my face. Think sentient asp with a big head. He hissed, we can pay. It doesn't have to be like this. As the wire recall said this, he launched a fist into my stomach. At least he was only a third the size of his buddy who was bearing down on Sam. I tried to twist to the side, but his offer had distracted me. Fool, I heard Ghost Fright mutter from the graveyard in my head. Ghost Mictal shouted panicky, Give him the ball! Throw the stupid ball map away! I put up my arms to block another strike. He almost broke my forearm. In my head, I replied to my guilt ghost, No. No, you were my first family. This thing is eating my new family. I can't. I won't save my hide at their expense. As if on cue, another rabbit punch hit me in the face. Stars. I was seeing stars, and they weren't the ones shining outside the dome. It was still deep in my jumpsuit's pocket. The fastener was keyed to my touch. They'd have to slice the cloth apart. Another punch. My breath whooshed out of my body. This recall martial artist knew how to hit a wolven. Our breadbasket was lower down than either humans or recall, and he hit me squarely. I gasped. Over my dead body! That young Captain Ka. He deserved better. He deserved to adventure off the port star. I screamed inside my head, but my body was slowly crumpling to the pedrail. Or maybe time was slow. He kept hitting me on my way down. A sharp pain. I think my forearm cracked. The bastard targeted the exact same spot again. I curled into a ball and wheezed. You can't have it! <laughs> That's okay, 
my tormentor said. I'll peel it off your body after you're dead. The map creates a molecular bond with whomever interfaced with it. Too bad for you. Our client wanted that bond severed forcibly. I heard the unmistakable buzzing of a vibra knife. Funny, I'm not a thug, so I'd only heard the sound from cheap horror holoscopes. I knew from those bloody scenes what it could do. McTall wasted no time shrieking in my mind, Oh God, we're going to die! Poor McTall. That would be twice for her. The guzz, guzz, guzz of the vibroblade stopped, and I heard a soft metal clatter to the pedrail. Can you get up? Sam, you're alive. More to the point, unlike me, there didn't seem to be a bruise on his naked human skin, just a thick sheen of sweat on his furless skin. He grinned. Lucky me, had that bruiser pasted me, I'd have stayed pasted. Can you get up? We shouldn't stay around here. Zero says someone had to buy off these businesses to allow this hit on the strip. Come on. Zero? Then I remember that was the name of the ghost in his head. His co-pilot, he called her. Crazy human willingly took on a ghost. Sam pointed a finger to his temple. My co-pilot, he affirmed my thoughts. She's wired into Vega Strip's Netscape. No one's calling in the authorities. We've got to go. Get up. Get up. Turns out my arm wasn't broke, but I didn't want to put any weight on it. My shoulder was still screaming in pain. I looked over Sam's shoulder. The bruiser was passed out. His arm was bent in the wrong direction. Sam pushed and tugged on my good arm. He said, go, go, go. We gotta move. Zero's intercepting local communiques. She can decrypt. Someone's making a deal right now. Part 2. Sam's Offer I looked across the table at my friend Tripp. Frankly, even after the beating, he looked better than when I had seen him on Atmos. His coat was brushed, and he had an insignia now on his spacer's uniform. I took in the hyacinth steak in front of me, a gorgeous slab of meat on my plate, imported from planetoid Washington, two jump points away from Vega Rim Station. Sure, Vega Rim had good growing pods for steak, great even, but Washington? Washington was the prime steak pod in Terran space. This was what we called a paycheck steak in the military. I arched an eyebrow at Trip. You can't buy us a steak, Trip. I cut into it, and I was suddenly rethinking that. Buttery, salty, juicy meat just seared to perfection. I caught the burn of cha-cha spice from Congregation 490. It tickled my senses, no pain, just a warning, and a note that the chef was a master. In my head, Zero, who could taste the steak better than I could, chirruped, Yes, he can. We should do this more often, Sam. We have the money. I mentally sniped back at her. We won't have the money if we do this more often. Across the table from me, Tripp smirked. The expression on your face says otherwise. I reluctantly swallowed a bite of the steak and hesitated before diving in again. I liked Tripp and was glad to see him again. Two pilots who both hosted additional sentience, mine and AI, and his... God only knows what happened in jump space to Tripp. But ghosts in his head or not, he was the best damn navigator in the try. For a moment, I wondered how many people were seated at this table for two. Trip and I, and Zero in my head, and an entire crew from the lost woven house green fields in spring. Trip carried a dead family in his mind. Poor bastard. 
Maybe that was what made him the best jump brain. I said, why are they after you? You really get your hands on unknown tech? Tech valuable enough to buy off half the strip for a night? Tripp pulled out of his jacket pocket a pool ball-sized star map and laid it on the table. He slowly pushed it to me with his claw. He grabbed it with his claws, not resting it in his palm. His haunted woven eyes locked on mine the whole time. At first it was the gold rippling across the surface of the star map that caught my eye. But then a golden plaque with an intricate arabesque was scrawled across the sphere. Human fingerprints were imprinted on it as if it were wax. It was not unknown for star maps to be keyed for security. They were a core calculating component for jump with the jump pilot. But it was too small. It should be bowling ball size, not fit to be disguised on a billiards table. Zero? Didn't think Tripp would mind if I spilled aloud to zero. In my mind, I heard, Nothing like this in the MI we have access to, Sam. You want me to dig deeper? This technology should not exist, unless it's a fake. Is it just a replica of a jump map? The curly cues and jagged angles were obviously a language no one can understand. Lines were etched in impossible three-dimensional hints. Were they... Were they four-dimensional? As my eyes lingered, it seemed I saw more. Maybe holographics. Zero was faster on the uptake than I. Sam, those are jump points appearing. Metro Nueva, Polestar, and Sigma Seti. Then going to the three-rim Wolven points. I stared harder trying to see it. Tripp was still watching me and waiting. The ball had slowly rolled across the table and came to rest against my dinner plate. Mentally, I spoke to Zero. Zero, I see it. It cannot be random. It can't be random. Each point had dots representing the hyperspace jump in between seconds, seven, five, and three, respectively. In between was where jump brains lost their marbles. My eyes went in and out of focus as I stared at it, some kind of semi-translucent material. Seven-second jump. Longer the stay in hyper, the greater the risk. The servo dropped off my beer and a water for trip. Zero couldn't suppress her excitement inside my head. Being a brain implant, that was pretty much where she always was. But there are two more jump points going past Wolven space. And do you see? An excited growl slipped into Tripp's English. The LNS is going to find someone to jump with me. I want you to co-pilot this, and of course, Zero. I did not see, but I was getting there fast. Zero, that final jump point has more in-betweens than I can count. So Sam, it, 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 it's 35. Like I said, Zero lives inside my head. When she stutters, I know it's bad. I say it out loud so Tripp knows I'm tracking what he's showing me. Plenty of Flying Dutchman stories. HMS Gloriana, Chang's Widowmaker. Any ship that disappeared was fodder for ghost stories, lost forever in the in-between. Not to mention you'd be going through hostile congregations if the telemetry Zero is feeding me is correct. Nobody can make a shit-eating grin like a wolven. So many teeth. Precisely. He almost purred. Now you see why I need the best dogfighter. You. I continued. Longest recorded consecutive jump stopped at four. Sane jump, I mean, Trip. Trip looked spooky for a moment, eyes glassy, and he softly said, We're going off the port star, Sam. Exploring into the deep unknown to get my captain set on the right path. That's more than enough reason for me. Besides, we'll take them three at a time. It should only be one stay in hostile territory before we're out in the deep on the next set of three. Zero broke in. Sam got a hit and a match on Tripp's house's name. 
Proper translation is House Limitless Night Sky. Recorded 22 casualties due to an unknown incident. Before Trip signed on. He must be the unluckiest bastard in the try. No doubt Trip can do the multi-jump, but he'll need us to read the map. I tried to digest that. He looked like he was waiting for an answer, so I called his bluff. Friendship aside for the moment, you're the pilot, Trip. What possible stakes could you have that would entice me to risk zeros in my sanity going that deep on your rep alone? Sam, this star map. Those guys shut down the strip for it. Trying to use it improperly drove the old captain crazy. You're not selling me on this, Zero intoned. Sam, I think he means it's of an unknown origin. Black market, maybe. Tripp was watching my expression with his spook eyes, and he nodded. Yes, you start to see. You're a smart one, Sam. Or maybe it is Zero I should be complimenting. This is a map to Zoriel. Touch it, touch it. This is more than just some treasure map. Much, much more. If the previous captain is to be believed, it is a pathway to a forerunner Goldilocks planet. Where else would this tech come from? It's no normal star map. Sam, in Atlantis. It's been 60 years since any habitable planet was found. Questing for Atlantis was the term for humans who searched for new habitable planets. Wolven had the same expression, questing for Zorial. The last Atlantis had been squarely in Rakal-owned territories, so that quest had been abandoned without profit. Some speculated you could fund a new dynasty with that kind of discovery. The pool ball grew in gravitas as it rested by my plate. So small, yet it represented so much. An entire world. Something wasn't making sense. Where did you get it? I reached out a hand and caressed the golden lines zigzagging across the surface. Stake forgotten, which should have told me my priorities were screwed up. The raised bumps indicated 35 ticks in between, and the nodule next to it was the planet. Suddenly, a stabbing pain in my head sliced past zero. Images, scents, thoughts, feelings, sounds, all encapsulating words that were not words. It hurts. Zero. Void. For the first time in years, I could not feel zero in my head. Only a flashing, stabbing, kaleidoscope migraine, and then... Babylon, Cairo, Atlantis, Tintaviel, Camelot. Sam! We await you across the stars. Sam! Across the eons. Across the Imaginarium. Sam, come back! We, Angelus, Imperium, Gilded Father, Ancestor, Athena, Beckon, long for you all. Bergild, Nibelungenhord, Scripture, Nirvana. Sam, you're dying. Come back. Come back to me. Hearth and home, heart and fire. All this, this key unlocks. To escape our mausoleum grave. Pyramid abattoir. You're in between. I can't keep our heart beating. Come back to your zero. Inheritor locks. Stabbing pain in my chest. What? Zero. My voice came out in a wheeze. Oh, thank God we defibrillated you. You died, Sam. You died for five minutes. 
Don't you ever die on me again. Trip was in my face shouting at me. You're alive! Thank God! Did you hear the four words? Did you see? Oof, dog breath. Trip sounded like a wolven who wanted something too, too much. Four words? There was a hell of a lot more than that. But I wasn't ready to let him know that. Each word was merely an analog to an alien concept, the closest approximation to what they wanted to say, an alien planet, riches beyond measure, gold and power, enough to become a new power in the universe. A technology that could disguise all this in what appeared as nothing but a golden jump point map. This map was an unfathomably complex message, even now, I felt it unwinding in my head, with a very clear presentiment that it was mine for the taking, that it was meant for me. It hinted, it hinted at so much more technology, technology that could build Zero a body. End of story card nine, Family.